Hello everyone, Lena Chapman here, and I am so excited that you are listening to the Lena Chapman podcast. This is my first time doing this, so thank you for walking on this journey with me. So who is Lena Chapman? Well, I'm gonna tell you who I am. I'm a licensed professional counselor, as well as a wellness coach. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an everyday person. And so as you get to know who I am, I would like for you to join my podcast and listen to some topics that I'll be talking about, which is obviously mental health, because hey, that's a part of who I am, as well as incorporating it with biblical scriptures and addressing the body, soul, and spirit. And so a little bit more about me is that I'm not only just a therapist, but I'm a safe therapist. I'm a Christian therapist, and I do not take that lightly. So as God uses me to speak out and to talk about some things that he placed on my heart, I would like for you to subscribe because I want you to listen, because I want you to hear some amazing things that God has put on my heart to share with you guys. So if you are listening on Apple, go ahead and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I need you to go ahead and hit the button. Yeah, do it now. Yep. Go ahead right now. Yep. There you go. Hit that button. Hit the subscribe button. And then you will be the first to get the notification that there is another podcast coming out and you'll be the first to listen to it. So I'm excited. Thank you for walking on this journey with me. And let's get some good tips and some good information. All right. Yep. So if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and hit. Yep. Yep. Do it now. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Subscribe to the podcast. Please be advised. The Before After Podcast can discuss triggering topics that may cause emotional distress. Discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? It is Christy Danielle, aka the Talk Lady. Welcome to another session slash episode. Y'all already know what it is. Hit that subscribe button. Um, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, listen, you know we don't call them episodes, really. We call them sessions because that's what they really are. They are sessions. I have. An amazing, amazing woman on the show today. I listen, I just want to talk about how we first met. Can I go there? Can I go there? Amanda, please let me go there. You can talk. You can say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, so her name is Amanda Andrews. First of all, I'ma just read her uh her little her little snapshot she got on her Facebook because I just love it. Sister, friend, author, creative, CEO of the Queen's Guide to Life, uh, founder of the Queen Camp Incorporated, and she also has um a book out, If the Crown Fits. You can purchase that on Amazon. I'm telling you guys, you are going to want to purchase her book. Today is a special topic, so I'm gonna tell y'all how we met. I'm going to tell y'all how we met. Um, myself and um, on the other show, 
the other day or last show, Lena Chapman, the therapist who we had on as a guest, Lena Chapman hosted a reset challenge and she was like, you know, Christy, you know, come along and this and that. I'm like, okay. Amanda was one of the women that uh, participated in the reset challenge. Listen, I'm going to just tell y'all, was it, it was amazing. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Changed my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely wonderful. I'm telling y'all. So I, we really connected. It was an atmosphere of prayer, atmosphere of worship. Um, it, it, I mean, and when I say she, every, not every now and then, quite a few times, she whipped out that Bible, y'all. <laughs> And she just was talking. But the, I'm telling y'all, the power of God fell. So I'm, listen, I'm excited to have her on the show. She is an encourager. You will feel empowered. And one of the reasons why I brought her on today's show slash session, which the name of today's show session um, is moving forward after breakup slash divorce. Um, Amanda is very powerful and, you know, to hear her testimony at the reset challenge about, I don't know if she wants to go into detail. So I'm a, okay, listen, you got to give me to go. I don't mind. Cause we should listen last week, me and Lena had tissues crying. We not gonna, I ain't gonna make you cry today. Okay. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, we, I mean, Amanda's testimony on, how moving forward after a breakup um and then of course my testimony i shared um in a previous episode the mistress and the madame where uh amanda you had to be there for that well you listen to it It, it, it's powerful but of course i am uh divorced and so we kind of shared at this moment this uh testimony and I really do feel like this topic is needed because a lot of us are actually stuck after breaking up with a significant other um after divorce I mean do you find that to be true go ahead absolutely um I think there are a lot of women who are still stuck in a dry place yeah. um, in a hurt place in a bitter place and once somebody leaves them or once you leave that person for some reason we just stay in that spot um, so yes I absolutely agree yeah and 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 I love something you just said um, because what I find as a therapist when like people are in my office one of the main things they say, because I, I did a post on Facebook, it was like in my stories and on Instagram on my stories, and I said, what do you think the biggest complaint is after a breakup or divorce? People was like, infidelity, finances. No, it was, I lost myself. Mm. Ooh, I lost myself in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult to get my pieces back. Mm. <laughs> what are you thinking? I told you we get real. What are you thinking? Ooh, we know that that is absolutely true. Um, I have definitely experienced that in my life. And I know a lot of people who are going through that same thing. You put so much into a relationship and especially the ones that you feel are God sent or the ones that you imagine in your mind. Oh, this must be my husband because he did X, Y, Z or because he said X, Y, Z. 
And it's those relationships in particular that we pour so much of ourselves into. So when it's over and when it's done, we feel like a part of us is still there. Mm. And that is why we cannot move forward because a, a big chunk of us is still back in that spot. Oh, my goodness. And and I love that um, that last part you said, because that was actually one of my points that I was going to talk about. And it was how do I collect my pieces? But also what I asked them, my, oh my God. I asked them, what do you think that they took from you? I, I mean, just, I'm, I'm being very <laughs> candid and very honest here on this show right now. After my divorce, I felt that he took my time. Of course, he took my emotions. And I kind of felt like he took my purpose. Mm. I don't know if you can relate to that or even after your breakup, because you were engaged mm-hmm. and then that was broken off. Um, and I know a lot of people say I'm, who I am is still left back there. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that? Because I saw your mind going. Yeah. Um, what caught me was when you said, collecting the pieces and who I am is still back there. To me, that is a feeling that we have, but that statement is untrue. Who you are was the same before you met them. Who you are was created when God, before God even laid the foundation of the earth, before he put a tree on the ground, before he made the ocean, the sky, the stars, the sun, the whatever. Who you are is exactly what God created for you to be. And a man does not determine who or what you are. Well, for the man, a woman does not determine. Nobody. Mm. <laughs> nobody can determine that. Um, yeah, nobody can determine that for you. Yeah. And and see, and, and I think that's that's the problem when we meet people Uh, one of the things I talked about in my previous show was that we choose low because in our soul we are low Mm. meaning we choose a low a partner out of our low place (laughs) (laughs) is is that not true I'm laughing because it's true yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes we choose a partner out of a low place because our soul is still stuck in that low place. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys, I always give therapeutic strategies, something I always say, I cannot stand when clients come into sessions and we don't give them a strategy. So I want you guys on your own time to Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And the bottom of the triangle represents your most animalistic primitive self. The top of the triangle represents who you are fully in, in in your full capacity you know who you know how to love you know how to receive love you walking in your purpose the bottom layers of the triangle are just passion the middle layer is when passion meets purpose but the top layer is when you have an equal balance of passion and purpose so sometimes when we meet people in order to move forward we need to realize we chose out of a low place mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree or... Um, is it always a low place, though? Please challenge that. <laughs> I welcome that. Is it always a low place? I think eventually we will get to, once we learn who we are and we know what our purpose is and we know where we're going, then eventually we will be able to choose from that high level. So I guess I do agree with that. Sometimes um, for those 
learning stages of relationships that we get into those mm-hmm. um those what we would call after the fact a mistake those things um i do believe that that is when we were in a low state and we don't even recognize it until we're out of it a lot mm-hmm. of the times you don't just walk through life thinking oh yeah i'm low level thinking today no like mm-hmm. it's just kind of what you're used to and what you've been around and that is what i think makes us choose from out of that spot because that's where you are yeah Mm, and yes, and that's exactly what I mean. And let's go back real quick when we said we left our pieces. I really felt like that just was really like all healing right there for real. When we left our pieces and when I asked clients, what do you think they took from you? I think I mentioned at the reset challenge that um, in Hebrew, righteous and justice are the same term. So when I feel you have wronged me, for me to be back at my highest self, upright, right standing, I need justice. Is that, I need justice. And a lot of us don't want to be honest, especially, now this show is for secular people and for believers, but it is big in the church realm where, oh, they hurt me and I just move on and move forward. No, I need justice from what you did. Uh, you can chime in on it. Okay. <laughs> That is a natural feeling to want to seek revenge, to want somebody to hurt as much as they hurt you. That is something natural. And I will never say, no, you can't feel like that because that's not Christian. No, God created us with feelings and emotions. He knows what he made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So there's this is not the time I don't think for people to judge folks for wanting to get justice for wanting somebody to hurt that is just your that's your human emotion but for those who want to heal and move on and are followers of Christ we know that vengeance is not ours Mm-hmm. Vengeance belongs to God and we have to get to a place and I will say have to because it's a necessity if you want to pick your pieces up and move on with your life mm-hmm. we have to get to a place where we can forgive that person and recognize that God loves them just like he loves you you make mistakes all the time you do negative things you have done things mm-hmm. to hurt people in the past he saved you just like he saved them he got the same salvation <laughs> you know what I mean so he's not we can't bash continue to bash and um demean that person who hurt us we have to recognize that god already forgave them for that right so if i am made in the image of my creator and my creator has literally forgiven them and moved on then i should be able to forgive them and it's hard as a mug like i've (laughs) i've been through that we've all been through that but i have been able to get to a place where i forgive you i don't even need an apology from you I don't need it. And how did you get to that place? Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are, and and, and I'm just saying, because there are people listening, whether they're believers or not, who are stuck because they cannot. How did you get to that place? What was your process looking like? So my process to forgiving my ex-fiance who disappeared and dissolved our relationship uh, about four months before our wedding. And let me start by saying this. In no way ever will I bash or demean him as a man. Um, Our relationship ended how it ended. And we moved. I moved on from that. So I just want to put that disclaimer out there. This is not a male bashing uh, testimony. So um, once that was over, 
my initial thought was not to just up and forgive you because I was confused. I was very, very angry. I was very hurt. I did feel like you took so much from me. You took my time. You took my energy. You took my purity. You took so many different elements. And not only did you take it, I gave it away. Okay. A lot of the stuff I freely gave um, because I was operating from that low place that we had talked about earlier. I chose from the low place. But um, my steps to forgiving him, it came with a lot of wailing in the floor. (laughs) Mm. crying in the floor I was so torn down and so confused and so hurt but what God showed me at one time was that everything that he had, had done to me I didn't have to get revenge from it. He didn't owe me anything. And I felt like at one point I was kind of like being a bill collector. Go Like, you owe me. You owe me an apology. You owe me an explanation. You owe me something. You owe, like, I felt like you took so much from me. Like, you owe me. I need to get something back from this. I can't just move forward. And I don't have any closure. I don't have anything But what God showed me was that he already took care of that. I paid for that. Mm. So you don't have to go chasing after him like a crazy bill collector, trying to get your emotions back and trying to get your joy back and trying to get your peace back and just trying to get his voice back in your ear. You don't have to do that because I already paid for it. Mm. It's paid in full. And there was one moment that I, I saw so vividly, you know, the red stamp that says paid in full like I saw God stamping that like it was vivid as day it's already paid for what he did to you is already paid for what she did to you is already paid for what they said to you that hurt your feelings that crushed you that left you down heart hurt and down and out for the last five six seven eight nine ten years it's already paid in full so you don't have to continue to chase them down trying to get closure trying to get an apology trying to get an explanation it's paid for and i know that kind of sounds very spiritual and high level but it's just a fact it's already paid for well because that's true oh this is so powerful that is true because when you think about it all your peace you had everything that you needed before you met this person yes you have you already had a purpose you already were passionate about something um and if you are fine oh this is a disclaimer right here if you are finding yourself saying i didn't know who i was before i met them then mm. that that relationship was doomed from the beginning because it's codependency yes the definition of codependency means an addiction to relationship mm. so that means you're only with that person for the high of feeling accepted <laughs> You know, we cracking up in here, y'all. Listen, um, we only... So, I, I just want to say that. That person does not give you purpose. You can do... That's good. You can do purpose <laughs> with your partner. You can do... You can do... And listen, this for secular believers, all of that. That's what I'm saying. You can do purpose with your partner. But here's... Because... But they don't complete you. You should we should already be completed. Of course, that's cliche. I know we heard that a thousand times, but but this goes to show. And another thing you pointed out was that because it it was that reflective moment, Mm -hmm. meaning you were so accountable because I love what you said. He 
took some things, but then also you gave it to him. Absolutely. And therapy, we call that the 100% solution. I tell clients in the session, I, I let it, I let them get it out, mm-hmm. how they felt about something. And then I say, okay, from this moment on, you got it out. You are not allowed to blame anybody else. <laughs> Because if you don't accept accountability, you'll become the abuser. Yes. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's because good. imagine if you now imagine if you would not have welled on the floor and done, all, but you would have steady been pursuing him. That means you would have become. Talk about it. An abuser. Yes, ma'am. That is true. Because then I would have been on your heels and just attacking you and trying to find you. That would, I would have been crazy. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I had to walk away from that side of myself. When you talk about Bill Collector, that jogged my memory. Something my mother in the ministry, uh, Prophetess Pamela K. Dillon, something she said. She said, stop sending invoices. To people who who you were connected with. <laughs> See, here's the thing, y'all. You gave to that person. Come on, we gotta open up. I know this episode may be real triggery, if that's a word. You opened up and gave to that person. They did not put a gun to your head and said, You have to love me. You have to open up. You have to do this. So somewhere you opened up to do it. So therefore, you cannot send an invoice trying to collect payment. <laughs> okay, uh, but... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We, can, we cannot say. How are you going to charge me for something you gave me? For free. You freely gave this to me. Why, why all of a sudden now that we've broken up, are you trying to charge me for it? <laughs> Why are you trying to send me an invoice? No, that makes so much, that makes total sense. Yeah. Why are we trying to charge them for something that we gave them for Ooh, free? I got something. Look, I raised my hand. <laughs> yeah, literally, she she looked at me like, "Why are you raising your hand?" Hello, <laughs> because I, I, I this is what I want to this is what I want to say. The reason why you cannot you're having difficulty moving forward is because somewhere you don't want to accept that you became a statistic Mm. everybody like this everybody plays the food you know but what i mean by that is our egos are so broken and hurt after a breakup and divorce we may have difficulty accepting the fact that dang i just allowed myself to enter into a relationship now let's put it on a spin side because i can hear somebody's thoughts right now but what if you both entered in healthy and then that person chose mm-hmm. something i put in another episode on the mistress and the madame i said them cheating or them like for instance if it's a thing of them cheating or in in, in your instance when he just up and left that is a character flaw that has nothing to do with your value there are plenty of oh i want y'all to hear this there are plenty of people who are in horrible relationships and they partner still don't like plenty of people who are very messed up in relationships and they partner don't cheat 
They partner just don't up and leave. The way that, so we all have flaws, but how your partner handles the relationship is a character flaw. It has nothing to do with your value. Um, so it reminds me of something you just said I had put on my, I think it was an Instagram reel I had put. I said, um, and yeah, I heard me say it in previous shows, repetition is very important. The goal of the abuser, they, well, I said the abuser is the best employer because they train you to do their job for them. See, what, he, and, and again, this isn't, this isn't a bashing show, but we're just saying it's putting things into perspective. So this is an exercise I want us to do. Can I do an exercise with the I, you know yes. I um I do I want you guys um if you're sitting and listening to the podcast I want you to do this exercise. Um if you're driving do it when you get home. Um but it is especially for those recovering recovering from narcissistic abusive relationships. Yes. Or even if the partner is not a narcissist, but your partner are saying things about your character that they never complained about, that they never, I mean, just, or did not give you grace to hit. If you were making the effort to even try to get out of it, that we talking about that. Now, if your partner pointed it out and you didn't do it, see, that's a whole nother realm. Okay. Um, But I'm just saying, so I want you to, Every time you think about that partner and you have difficulty moving forward and what and it's replaying in your mind, remember the portion of your brain that focuses on reasoning um, is also the portion of your brain that is responsible for meditation. That's powerful. So this person is trying to trying to mess up what you meditate on and what you ruminate on because what you ruminate on will become your reasoning. Okay, so what I want you to do is... Um, every time you think about it, write the date and the time that you are triggered. Every time you think about it, every time you have, you feel that you're accepting what your partner is saying. Um, if you know for a fact, it's a lot. Now, if people in your circle have told you this is something you need to work on. Okay. Take, you got to probably do something else. But if it is, um, an abusive relationship or your partner saying things about your character that it's just like come out of left field and he's like that's not me I want you to write down the date and the time that you're triggered or when you think about it and then I want you to only go off of in the first section facts only this is powerful because when you go off of facts only without an emotional interpretation you begin to see you have you see the situation in reality and not based upon the abuses as atmosphere or your traumatic assumptions oh, that's powerful so i want you to go off facts only and then i want you to write down the facts he said this so a fact would be she looked at me and rolled her eyes an emotional interpretation is she looked at me like she was mad at me or she didn't like me. No, that's emotional interpretation. I just want you to write the facts only. What's literally happened. And then the next section, I want you to write down your emotional interpretation. I want you to see if they line up because some, because what's happening is they're getting into your subconscious. They're getting into your spirit and they're trying to tell you who you are. And we are, See, listen, and we call it the curse of overcompensation. Remember, I attempt to put myself in the instance of the trauma again to relive it, to defeat it. That's the exercise. I want you to see if 
what that person says is lining up with the facts. They say you like to, <laughs> you laughing. But this it's good. It is good. <laughs> okay, that's the exercise. You see how we looked at the facts and then we realized from the facts, you have nothing to go off of that backs up what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give an example that I gave in season one. I was at church. Somebody walked past me. She normally spoke. She walked past me, did not speak. I was ready to fight. I'm like, why you ain't speak? What's going on? What ended up she went but the facts were this she normally speaks she walked past me she did not speak was that enough proof to show that she didn't like me that day that was not enough proof and then also give yourself the option and give the other person the option turns out she was having issues in her marriage had nothing to do with me but abuse and unhealed trauma will make you egocentric we make everything about us and that's the goal of an abuser so i just i know that's healing somebody because they probably I, I i know you can relate to this like going through their mind like what did i do wrong oh god <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i can relate Absolutely. I spent many a day, many a day, many a night. What did I do? I thought it was working. I thought it was perfect. I And this is not even that particular relationship. This is another relationship that I even had those thoughts. Everything was going well according to me and according to my plan and my thoughts. What the heck did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Sometimes it's literally yes. just nothing. Yeah. And, and, and that's powerful and that's what i'm saying so th- that's an exercise that we look we look you became therapists on um <laughs> that's an exercise that we want you to carry out because what's hindering you from moving forward is because you're trying to ruminate and relive the trauma in your mind to make sense of it amanda has suddenly got quiet <laughs> It was that trying to make sense of it part because you can't make sense of nonsense. You just can't. You can't. You can't. You can't force something mm. to be what it just is not. Right. You can't. And so let's flip it a bit. For those of you who may have caused the damage in the relationship, <laughs> well, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. For those who I, So in the mistress and the madam You go back to that episode I shared um, The infidelity On my ex-husband's behalf What I want to share about that I'll never forget uh, Someone told me They said He may have walked through the door But you opened it After the divorce I had some repentance to do The biblical definition of adultery means to turn away in your heart. That's why the children of Israel were considered an adulterous generation. Why? How could they be? Because we only talk about adultery as if somebody having sex. No. See, here's the thing. I was an adulterer too. Not because I was having sex um, with somebody else because I wasn't. But I was an adulterer because I turned my heart away from him. Okay. When we accept the 100% solution 
and, and you realize that you have may cause damage in the relationship and allowed yourself to fall victim to that type of person in a relationship, whichever either way you're listening from, the 100% solution shifts the power back to you. That was actually one of my points. You have to shift the power back to you. When Amanda accepted accountability or she accepted what happened is what happened, and she realized and she collected her pieces it shifted the power back to her so some things i say is your purpose is your permission to leave perversion mm-hmm. anything contrary to abundance is considered perversion because it is it is not the intended way that god desires mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I saw your mind going. Go no, you please continue. That was that was good. I'm listening. That was, yeah, I, that was good. So, purpose is your permission to leave perversion. What if I would have sat and continued to stalk her Facebook page? What if I would have just remained a registered nurse and never went back and got my master's in counseling? I realized that my pain was the pathway to me moving forward after my divorce. You have to study the thing that bothers you. It makes you, it makes you an expert for the next person to receive. Mm. It makes you credible. Mm. I'm, I'm being so honest. Amanda, I would have not invited you on this show if I did not feel you were not credible. I'm getting emotional talking about it. You are very credible. <laughs> I, as y'all can see this season, I want y'all to see a different part of me. I'm like so much a crybaby. But I, I if, can you imagine you just wallowing and not moving forward <laughs> and not accepting I, I don't know what do you want to say because I'm done Ooh, that, <laughs> that I have tissue powerful. that is powerful to me um, mm. because I remember my goodness after that time thinking to myself I cannot stay in this place any longer I have to get up. I have to go yes. forward. Yes. I must continue. Mm-hmm. My purpose is bigger than that pain. My pain is what's going to fuel me and push me into that place of, of purpose. But my purpose is so much bigger. And something for me, a lot of times when I would, in the past, when I would be in relationships with different mm. people and they were pretty dominant uh figures okay and I am somebody who owns many businesses I do mentoring for young girls like every year I do an annual pageant like that is just something that always happens what I found over time is that in those relationships I would put all that stuff to the side and all of my focus would be on them oh and Mm. so after this particular relationship it, we broke up in April. We were scheduled to get married in August. My pageant is always in July, like July, August time. 
I spent from April to at least June wallowing and trying to figure it out, trying to get my life together, trying to figure out where I was and what was going on. I remember the moment that I realized you have to keep going. You have to get up. You have to get up from this place. And I ended up doing the pageant. Not only did I do the pageant, I did a mother-daughter tea in May because I realized these little girls, even though they don't know my story, they don't know what's going on, but eventually they're going to have to see somebody, a woman who looks like them, who has been able to overcome a heartbreak, who has been able to overcome pain, and who has been able to continue to go towards their purpose, even in the midst of all of it. So you saying that I'm credible, that that blesses me. <laughs> Because I have gotten the stripes, okay? I have yes. gone through it. I have done it. And I'm still working. I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? But I did realize a long time ago, I could not stay in that place. I, my purpose was calling. And that sounds so cliche, but it was like literally calling me out of that place. It, it will keep bothering you until you say yes. Absolutely. And I knew that at that time, I couldn't just stay in that place. I couldn't stay on the floor every single night crying. I couldn't. I couldn't. Because why? My niece needed me. She needed a uh, to see an example of somebody getting up from a hurt place. Those little girls needed me. They needed to see somebody getting up and continuing. My mom needed to see, even though I'm years younger than her, she needed to see that example of somebody getting up from that hurt place and continuing to go towards purpose. My sisters, my aunts, my family, my friends, they needed to see an example of what it looks like to get up from a place of pain and go forward in pursuing your purpose, no matter what, no matter what it looked like, no matter what they did, no matter what they said, no matter how bad it hurts, I still had to get up. And and that flows into something that I always say, your trauma defines your purpose. We, let's shift the power. Audience, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Let's shift the power back to you. Because you encountered this relationship, and and I know it hurt you. I know it, it's like, uh, I know it's just like, it feels like the end of the world. First off, that's the next episode, that session that I'm going to do. It is, it is your brain trying to reason whether, trying to figure out whether this is a crisis or discomfort. When we sit and wallow, that is your brain saying, this is a crisis, you are about to die. This is mm. neurologically proven. It is It is the end of the world, you are about to die. You, it is the end of you, this is it. That's how crisis uh, interprets things. But really, it is just strong discomfort. Mm. Crisis... Goodness. Crisis is when you are about to literally be cemetery dead. Discomfort just means it is strong, it doesn't feel good, but it will not be the end of me. <laughs> I almost threw this bottle. She really did. <laughs> she literally picked it up, y'all. I'm not lying. So, this is what I'm saying. Your inability to move forward or the difficulty, I changed that term, forgive me guys, your, the difficulty of moving forward is partially neurologically you 
uh, um, it's difficult right now for your brain to decipher whether this is crisis or discomfort. I am letting you know this is discomfort. And then also, let's shift the power to you. This breakup slash divorce, whichever one, with your partner, it's giving you identity. It's giving you identity. I cannot tell you how many clients, once they start feeling the upside of therapy after a breakup or divorce, and then they realize, I'm discovering so many things about myself. I mean, just to, I mean, I'm being very candid. After my divorce, I understood myself sexually. I un- we talked about that at the reset challenge. Mm-hmm. I under I understood my likes and my dislikes in the bedroom. I understood um, uh, what safety meant for me. I never got a chance in life to explore that. So and it, and, and and so you're discovering yourself. This breakup and divorce is giving you an opportunity to discover who you really are. It's yes, it is a misfortune that we had to learn about it this way. But I I love how you shifted the power. Yeah, we just over here talking for real. This like the girlfriend talk, but I, I love it. I I mean I'm looking at my notes. Oh, one of the things that I wanted to point out before we, I I just had to talk to you about this. One of the things were, am my, my difficulty moving forward? Am I in unforgiveness or is it just a righteous anger? And I think we, we talked about that at the reset challenge because it was, it's not that some of us are in unforgiveness. It's just rightfully so we should be upset with the way that our partners left us. Rightfully so, we should be upset that a relationship ended. So I just want us to decipher. I wish I could recall, but that's okay. It just may not be meant for me to recall the exact details we were talking about. But do you remember us talking about that at the reset? And you were focused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I remember saying, it doesn't sound like unforgiveness. <laughs> I definitely remember that. Um, yeah, it, you were saying it doesn't sound like I haven't forgiven them. I'm just upset because what you did was flat out wrong. <laughs> Period. <laughs> what you're doing is just completely, totally wrong. And that's what that goes back to what I was saying earlier. It's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, especially if the actions that they took or the words that they said were hurtful, if they were um, just completely opposite of what they had been doing. That that yes. justifies you being upset. Yes, yeah. So I, I just want us to also, if you are in therapy, I want you just to bring, see, now you see why we call them sessions. Mm-hmm. We getting strategies. And, <laughs> but I, I, if you're in therapy or seeing a coach, um, I want you guys uh, to, if you feel like that's something you need to explore, because to explore that, me and Amanda and I can talk about that, but to explore it in depth, you would need to be one-on-one. Um, so is it unforgiveness or are you rightfully so angry at the person? There is a difference. There is a difference. Um, also, when the what did you do when the emotions overwhelmed you? Something that my mother taught me in that time was to not put my feelings in my pocket. 
And so when I would become very overwhelmed and the emotions just like I anything would trigger me at that time. And she would tell me to take my feelings out of my pocket because I would hide them and, you know, try to just act like everything's I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's been two months. I'm fine. No, she said, take your feelings out of your pocket, put them on the table and look at them. Thank you. Feel the way that you feel, because if you don't take a moment to seriously assess how you feel and just admit, okay, I'm human, I am bad, or I'm human, I am sad, or I am jealous as a mug, or I am fill in the blank, you have to put the, well, what I did after she told me was actually just sit in the moment and feel it. And there were so many times that I would randomly be driving, I would hear a song, it would remind me of him, and I would get like really, really emotional all of a sudden, but I would try to suppress it, and I remembered, nope, take it out your pocket, put them out, put it on the table, and I would just sit in it, and I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> I would just have to take that moment to cry, because if we hold all of that stuff in and don't just allow our emotions to be what they are in the moment then that's what creates that bitterness. That's what creates, like, all of that suppressed stuff, it doesn't have anywhere to go if we don't take it out. Correct. And even to piggyback off of that, when you are feeling the emotions, I want us, this a bit of cognitive behavior right here, we're attaching a new thought to emotions. Because some I hear some clients say, no, because if I fully feel my emotions, I may not come back. But the thing that will pull you back, you have to add a thought process to the emotion. That's first thing. Second thing is this. I want you to swap out the term emotion, emotions, for messengers emotions are messengers they are just like uh and even if like my clients who are struggling with depression i always say first thing off off bat what i say i say is now let's get this known right here in this moment in the session the depression is just a message trying to get you to see something about you it's trying to get you to see something. We call that in therapy the uh, positive intention, and y'all hear me talk about it before, or the positive regard. Behind every traumatic response, behind every negative emotion, there is a good intention. For instance, when the narcissist abuse you, I know you're probably like, what is a good intention? Deep, 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 deep down, there is a good intention for them not to get hurt. That's a, that's I don't want to get hurt. That's a good intention to protect themselves. But the way they go about doing that is inappropriate. Depression. Um, what I've seen in therapy sessions is that uh, depression and let's just take it to after a breakup or divorce. Um, the depression benefits you from something, because if I sit and and I'm just completely just blah about life and I don't have the energy to do it then I don't have to feel again and if I don't feel again I won't get hurt again so depression um could have a benefit for you and we just got to kind of in therapy create a different pathway for you to get to that good intention but bypass all the other strategies so but what if you're in the moment this is just a therapeutic strategy what if you're in the moment and you feel it 
and you don't have time to cry about it. So some of the strategies, remember, I talked about this in season one. When you are overwhelmed with your emotions and you are officially into your full emotional brain, we have to shift you to your logical brain. Please remember, first off, when you are triggered, your body, even your posture closes off. So if you're not in crisis, what you can do is open random parts of your body. Open your arms, open your hands. Um, You can like do a power pose because what that does is it's signaling to the brain. The brain is like, wait a minute, why are we open? We must not be in danger. False alarm. That's first thing, because we got to get you a quick emotional fix in the moment. And then you so you can process later privately. Um, Another thing um, we in DBT, we call it uh, tipping. Basically, get something cold or something and, and like splash water on your face because your brain cannot do two things at the same time. You cannot be fearful and feel secure at the same time. One of them are going to one of them has to give way. Okay, so so you dealing with the emotion is technically, for lack of a better word, you learning to redirect and manipulate your brain in the moment so you can be okay until you're able to process by yourself. So well, and then also another strategy, uh, we put a piece of ice in your hand because the discomfort of the ice, I'm telling you that discomfort of something being so cold, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that's that's uncomfortable. I guarantee you, you are not going to be you're going to stop crying all that stuff because the discomfort comfort because pain is always wins over any type of emotional discomfort because what's the point of being emotional if you're dead that's how your brain thinks okay so those are quick strategies that you can do if you're in the moment and you become emotionally and of course if you are having suicidal ideation um, of course therapy every state has a suicidal hotline also who is a part of your inner circle you might say I don't have anybody they were my inner circle listen therapy coaching is worth the investment that that relationship itself can heal you um do you have anything to say yes so some things that I did practically I definitely got a therapist yes in that time that was necessary and I want to clarify what to do when you take those emotions out of your pocket and put them on that table you're not just going to leave them there and you're just in an emotional state for the next you know 17 days that's not how this works (laughs) um so just to clarify once you assess the feelings and feel them in that moment you have to get it all out now whatever that looks like for you I know how you said sometimes you won't be able to cry um in that space you're gonna have to process it later on in the private but as long as you process it instead of hiding it and suppressing it I think that's the key the other thing that you mentioned was that your emotions are messengers what that made me think of is that pain is also a messenger if you have an ache or a pain that's sending a message to your brain and it's telling you okay you need to get xyz fixed okay you got cut on your hand okay your toe is broken or whatever so that's the same thing with our emotions when we are healing from a breakup your anger your depression your hurt feelings all those things that pop up that is telling you that there's healing that has to take place Mm -hmm. and something that I have realized is that the first step for me the first step of healing 
is to recognize what that pain point is. You have to acknowledge the fact that you're hurting. The first step to healing is acknowledging that you're hurt. So a lot of women, um, and I can speak for women because I am a woman, a lot of us, sometimes we will go all this time and be hurt and upset and be bitter. And it's because we're not acknowledging the fact that, okay, my feelings are hurt. My feelings are hurt behind that. ain't nothing wrong with that, but that requires vulnerability, but ain't nothing wrong with that. Not at all. (laughs) But you have to acknowledge it. True. It's true. I love um, I love that practical thing. So we're giving you practical things, but then also the ability to process and do what you need to do. Listen, I have to have you again. I would love to come back. Ooh. There's so much to talk about. It, it really, <laughs> it really, it really is. Um, listen. I'm, I'm trying to encourage Amanda. I'm like, girl, you gonna want to do a podcast after this? Yes, I do it. I do. <laughs> I do it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, so, Amanda, thank you so much. Um, what are your social media handles? How can they follow you? How can they reach out to you? Go ahead. You can find me on Facebook at The Queen's Guide to Life or Amanda Andrews. That's my personal page. I don't mind getting new friends or on Instagram at the Queen's guide to life. Awesome. And your email. My email is Amanda at the Queen's guide to life.com. You can also learn a little bit more about me on my website, the Queen's guide to life.com. Yes, she does speaking engagements. She's an author. Listen, guys, you, you would want to connect with her she has credibility that that's just so powerful please you all you always know how i end the show um if you have or the session subscribe to this podcast the before after podcast on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcast um listen this session was powerful it was practical and it was needed because we we have to address certain things so who were you before the trauma until next time bye-bye